plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, Confucius said to know what you know and what you do not know, that is true knowledge. I love that miracle moment quote. Hello and welcome power partners to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, as we do every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. So we want you to seed and stimulate and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And hopefully you get to do that around the dinner table, at least from time to time. Well, in today's show, in segment two, obesity is a major problem in children in the United States, especially in kids ages five to 11. You wouldn't think it because there's recess and all that plain, but it's a very complex disease. And there are treatment plans which are essential for improvement to build healthy habits. So that will be segment two. And in segment three, I am such a family person, as I hope that all of you are too. And there's nothing better than spending a lot of quality time with people you grew up with and your family members. And if little children learn through play, so understanding how to help your kids or grandkids or, you know, nieces, nephews, friends, kids express themselves while having fun at every age is going to reap benefits for everyone with empathy and cooperation and uh, social skills. So we will be discussing spending quality time and games with your family in segment three. But right now, I want to talk about succulent season, because of course, here in the West, we are in a what is it called? A thousand year drought, which is really terrible. And um, every, I think every water district, people have been asked to cut back minimum of 10% and a lot of it at 20%. If any of you remember the 70s, it was one of those times where people were allowed like 49 gallons per person per day. And that was a total. So the message was, You know, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow, (laughs) which it sounds just terrible. But um, who knows if we're going to be getting to that again. Now, Phyllis Diller, who uh, was just a very funny comedian, she had this quote to say, we Californians are constantly accused of not having seasons, but we do. We have fire, flood, mud and drought. And that kind of sums it up. We have fire, flood, mud, and drought. And that just seems like what this last whole year has been around. So it is that time of year again. School's out. The weather's warming. The drought continues. 
And we in California are fearing fires, just like the ones that have been happening in New Mexico and other states. Now, flood and mud are pretty distant memories here, although it is still happening in other parts of the United States. And because of water restrictions, many homeowners are seeking alternatives to thirsty vegetation that demand a constant drink. And that's where I say intersucculence. Now, if you live in Arizona or uh, Mexico or New Mexico, you probably know a lot about succulents. So I won't be telling you anything new. But for those people who aren't aware of them, I really think that there's something special that we all need to learn about. Now, what succulents are, they have fleshy, thick leaves that store water and they thrive in warm, dry conditions. And the good news about them is they are so very low maintenance. They do prefer dry conditions. That's why they're good in a water shortage. And they enjoy copious amounts of sunshine. Now, cactus are succulents, although most gardeners prefer succulents that do not have spines and stickers and, you know, prickly pokes. Um, I have a few cactus, you know, um, in my, in my uh, outer hillside, kind of like as a barrier. But in general, I love succulents, but I really don't want too many cactus other than maybe um, the agave, you know, I call it the tequila plant. So succulents are really beautiful. They come in a range of colors. They including green, silver, orange, yellow, purple, lavender, pink, red, bronze, and mixtures of all of those. And the more sunlight they receive, the more colorful they become. And many of the fleshy leaves are arranged in rosettes. They are very easy to propagate through cuttings. All you have to do is... Um, Take a, you know, take a sharp shear, or you can even pinch it off. And if you if you let it um, harden for a few hours, you can just plant it in the dirt or another container, and it'll grow. In fact, many of the fleshy leaves uh, can be propagated as well. Sometimes just a single leaf will result in a new succulent. They have very shallow roots, and they can be packed together for instant impact. If you uh, went to my website, I did a, a blog um, that I think that people, I, people seem to like, where I showed how I made a succulent um, art piece in a frame and used different succulents that I had just, a friend of mine had this beautiful succulent garden. He had replaced his lawn and put in succulents. And he just uh, pinched a few little succulents off of different ones, of small ones. And it turned out just so, so pretty. So you can arrange succulents in swaths to show off the varying colors, the textures and forms. And it results in a tapestry of interest. So again, if you want to replace a lawn with an artful array of various succulent species, sizes and shapes, it will be very attractive and it'll be a water-wise investment. Succulents can be mixed in a garden with other uh, drought-resistant floras, just like lavender or lamb's ear or verbena, sage, or even lantana. And uh, a few of the over 5,000 species of succulents that will thrive in our Western landscapes are Aeonium, Sedum, Echeveria, Sempervivum, Agave, and Aloe. 
So I'm going to go through just a few of them. And remember, there's over 5,000 species, so it would take a very long time for me to talk about all of these on the radio. But I just want to give you kind of an overview of what you can go to your nursery and see and then decide for yourself. So um, Aeonium, it's spelled A-E-O-N-I-U-M. And this is a succulent that is native to the Canary Islands. And there are actually 35 species that will tolerate a bit of shade. And those rosettes will grow taller. Some will grow to five feet or more. And those are the species that are different than the ground-hugging succulents. And they cascade over containers. They add drama to a patio setting. And especially with their conical clusters of flowers that will bloom on eight-inch stems. So if you're looking for a uh, rosette uh, succulent that will cascade, so it's not just going to stay close to the ground. And an aeonium is something to look at. Now, sedums. They are mostly concentrated in Mexico and Europe. And sedums are extremely hardy, and they're very useful in dry gardening. They are terrific in containers, and they also can spill over, but they can also be ground covers, and that many are low-growing, making them really perfect for rock gardens. But there are many different kinds of sedums. Some get taller, and they all have blooms. Now, Echeveria, it always forms in rosettes. And these are mostly derived from Mexico. They're very colorful. They can be frilly, rounded, fuzzy, and they have an arching stalk with a bell-shaped flower. Now, Sempervivum, this is native to Southern and Central Europe. It is also a succulent rosette. As I said, so many succulents are rosette-formed. And the plants flower only once before dying, making this a this genus called a monocarpic. So before dying, though, they produce a pup or a chick around their mother plant, and then that grows. And sometimes they produce so many pups that it actually camouflages the dying mother. And speaking of that, um, something else that um, you might want to do, because you, you might plant a bromeliad, you might have a bromeliad in your, in your home, um, in our area. We like them indoors. They don't seem to grow so well outdoors because they are tropical. But they do the same thing, is that the mother plant will uh, make a pup, they'll grow a pup, and then the mother plant will die. Now, agave. Tequila is made from the agave plant, although the sap from the agave is actually very toxic to both humans and pets. So you got to know how to make tequila in order to be, to, you just don't want to go and drink the sap, okay? Um, it actually hails from North America. They are also rose-shaped succulents, but they have very long, spiny tips. Um, with specimens that will grow to 10 feet in high and in diameter. And there's also just little dish-sized varieties. And they do produce a very tall flower stalk from their center when they get to maturity, but it could take decades before they produce a flower. And once they do, they die. So that is their swan song, producing a flower. Now, aloe, there are hundreds of species of aloes, 
and they originate mostly from Africa or Central America. Now, some are prickly, others are thick and fleshy, but the aloe vera is the one that I really love the most and the one that I grow. And it is used for medical applications and, in my opinion, is a must-have plant for households because it is so useful. If you get a burn or your child or a visitor gets a burn or a cut, all you have to do is cut off a piece of the leaf and uh, squeeze out the juice from the leaf and put it on the cut or burn. Um, Or even an insect bite, it works. I remember... A few years ago, being in the Cayman Islands and uh, getting bit by, gosh, I forget what it was. I don't, I don't know if it was a sea urchin or, I, I don't, I mean, I might have kicked on a sea urchin, um, but I got a spider bite too, and I just went out into the garden where we were staying, and they had aloe vera, and I squeezed it on, and it helped tremendously. So um, those are some really good ones that you should look into. Now, these are just a few of my thoughts for this, these couple of weeks here. So besides boasting about succulents, I I have to tell you, I, I think I mentioned it last week, but I was really excited that I have been harvesting cauliflower. And if you haven't tried growing any coal crops, I highly suggest doing so. I grow cabbage and Brussels sprouts and kale and cauliflower. And the good part about it is all parts of the plants are edible. And these are superfoods. So, for example, right before the show, I went out into my vegetable garden. I just cut another cauliflower and I cut some Brussels sprouts and I also cut some Swiss chard, which I will be making tonight for dinner. So, And there's a lot of different great ways. You don't just have to steam it or or, um, you know, uh, roast them or broil them. There's lots of great things you can do. Now, in full bloom right now, peonies and gardenias are a couple of my all-time favorite flowers to add to bridal bouquets as well as flower arrangements. Uh, When I was making bridal bouquets for my daughter's wedding, I added the peonies. In my own wedding, I had gardenias, um, and I also have done them for other weddings. Now, peonies only last a few days in a vase. However, their impact is so dramatic. And if you just cut a single gardenia and put it in any room, it will fill the entire room with this glorious, glorious, sweet fragrance. So think about that. It's so much better than the fake, you know, scents that you can just buy. Now, June officially begins the fire season. So make sure to remove debris from around structures and cut your wild grasses, not glasses, your grasses to the ground. And most importantly, get your go bag ready and uh, papers ready and be prepared for any evacuation if necessary. It's so much better to be prepared. And if you need information on a go bag, you can find it at CynthiaBryan.com. Now, we are in a serious drought with mandatory water restrictions. So maintain your landscape, though. Don't let it go dry. Don't let it just go brown because putting together a landscape is very expensive. Um, I'm working with clients designing landscapes and plants these days have gotten, I don't know, they've doubled in price in the last couple of years. So maintain by watering deeply but infrequently. 
and water only in the morning and in the evening. And uh, you could probably get away with watering twice a week, but just water deeply. And I'll have more information in following weeks on how to take care of your young trees and uh, other shrubs and perennials and all of that. So I, I hope you happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back from the break, we are going to dive right into obesity and children and what we can do about it. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be back. And so will you. So stay with me. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party this business of show Well, I am always so happy if you stay with me because we will learn together. One of the great things about hosting this uh, radio show is every week I try to bring new information and things that that have fascinated me or that um, listeners have written to me and asked me to talk about or something like that. So I'm always learning along with you. And this is what I love. If we can turn every single day into a learning moment, we're never going to be bored. And we're always going to be moving forward. Because once you stop learning, you turn stagnant. And when you're stagnant, you know that that water stinks and it rots. So we do not want that to happen to us. Well, in this 
this segment, I would like to talk about obesity in children because uh, it was a very documented issue in the United States before the pandemic, but physicians are reporting an increase in obesity in children and actually in adults as well because of the pandemic where everybody was... um, you know, mostly staying home or staying indoors and probably munching on the wrong things. So there was significant weight gain during the pandemic, especially in younger kids between ages five and 11. But obesity is a very complex disease and it's influenced by many things. So it could be influenced by biology, which would be genetics and also your risk for disease development. It's also psychological. Uh, You know, the mental health of the person and the family and the emotional support system, that all counts into what could happen with obesity. And then also social factors, including the environment, like where you live. Are there sidewalks? Are there parks? Are there green spaces? Do you feel safe moving or going outside to do you know, any kind of the kids play basketball or have a pickup game or any of that. And of course, access to health care. And probably more than anything, which our Express Yourself teens have been really focusing on affordable, healthy food options. And if you haven't tuned in to Express Yourself, do so on Sundays at 3 p.m. And you'll find a couple of recent shows that are all about food insecurity. This one that is airing this week is actually about connecting our brain to our food sources and our dinner plate. So if you want to know about what would be a good food option for you, because these are teens and kids that are talking about it, I think it would be really helpful for you to listen to that. That's right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and the show is called Express Yourself. So uh, learned behavior also plays a role in child obesity and in over-obesity. You know, overfeeding or giving food as a reward when they cry or are sad or they do something great, it actually contributes to obesity. Now, a lot of kids have limited physical activity, especially now with all the cell phones and the iPads and the gaming and all of that. And it has, it has really increased a sedentary uh, lifestyle. So they are, kids are spending more time on their computers and more time online and less time outside kicking the ball. And this actually leads to poor sleep. And when you don't have enough sleep, that also influences the development of obesity. And if you look up, we've done many, many shows on sleep. And it was something that I didn't know literally until I started doing this show and uh, really researching sleep is that there is a chemical in our brain that if we don't get enough sleep, it just makes us hungry. And so you just, you, and it, it's hungry for like junk food. So that would help obesity start. So here are some steps to take. We don't want to just talk about a problem. We want to have solutions. For your children, first of all, is to see your pediatrician, or if you don't have a pediatrician, go to a general practitioner or whoever your family doctor is, and have your child's body mass index measured. It's called the BMI, and then review their growth pattern. Now, 
Most pediatricians will do this at an annual checkup. But if your doctor hasn't done it or you haven't had your children doing it, you really want to do that. And now once a doctor diagnoses a child as overweight or abuse, then they're going to start screening for other medical conditions like diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension, and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. All very bad things to have in children. The doctor's going to talk to... Um, to the parents and ask about the mother's health during pregnancy, plus the child's eating and exercise habits, as well as review child and family medical histories and the amount of non-school screen time. And if this is the one thing that parents and caregivers and grandparents and guardians and anyone who is taking care of the children, we have to start eliminating some of that screen time and get them doing some fun outdoor things, climbing trees, as I said, kicking balls, catching balls, uh, swimming, walking, biking, any of those things. It is really important. There also, doctors will also ask about How fast does your child eat? Because speed is another thing that can increase um, obesity. Also, do your kids get hungry? I mean, what is their hunger? And what about when they're bored? And what about nighttime eating behaviors? And is there any, you know, sneaking of food going on or any hiding behaviors? Are they hiding potato chips in their bedroom or candy? The physician might also assess the family's mental health and social history. So be ready for that. Be honest about it because all of us want what's best for our kids. Then then there'll be a treatment plan that should be your roadmap. Now, treatment plans are going to provide the way, the roadmap, to make changes. So... Um, You're going to want to have some behavioral changes. As I said, the behavior has to be, you know, more exercise, less screen time, and develop healthy eating habits. And those are as important, just healthy habits in general are as important as as your healthy diet. So treatment plans are more than how much you weigh. It really includes strategies for improving your day-to-day activities and your day-to-day how the child sees himself or herself in the world. Now, it doesn't have to be complex. A treatment plan can be pretty easy. There are simple changes that can be incorporated over time, and some of those changes could include limiting the calorie-containing beverages or maybe just banning soda pop completely. You know, limiting second or third helpings of food and instead have second or third helpings of vegetables or fruit. And, of course, the next one would be increasing the physical activity. Now, what a treatment plan will be driven by will be together with the family. And you always want to make small specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely goals. If you probably remember, we call them SMART goals. Those are what we've always talked about at the beginning of time so that they are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. 
So if the parent or guardian or the child or the rest of the family decide to go with the goals, everyone is going to be uh, more motivated. So you want to include the family in the overall treatment plan and make those SMART goals. So when I say timely, it needs to have a date by which you want to achieve it. So very, very specific. It's not just eat less, exercise more. That is not a specific plan. Because if your child doesn't like vegetables, a goal can be like trying just two new vegetables per week for four weeks or trying one new vegetable three different ways in the next two weeks. So remember that new habits take at least 60 days to develop or maybe even longer than that. But we have to reassess our progress every few weeks and that's going to help build momentum. And you could ask your doctor to help you write down specific goals, specific behaviors, and make them realistic and timely. And then most of the physicians do recommend that the parents would examine a child's social environment to see if there are areas in eating, exercise, screen time, or sleep that could be modified. And then you have to work on developing a regular sleep schedule for your child without screens and make time for daily active play for younger children. And, you know, again, we'll get to some of this when we in our next segment when we talk about family fun. But how about some, you know, exercise as a family and maybe just something weekly and fun? You know, maybe it's a bike ride. Uh, Maybe you go to a swimming pool or maybe you just turn on the music, whatever music they like and dance or go to YouTube and find a fun video and kind of rock out to it because obesity is a marathon. It is not a sprint and it can be managed, but it could take months and months to establish new habits. So we have to focus on building healthy habits that can be maintained. And then the important thing is to praise the efforts of every little thing and do not praise with food. So no ice cream cone when you get a little bit thinner. That's not the way. So really encourage lots of healthy uh, uh, fruits and vegetables, you know, fatty fish like salmon and lots and lots of salads. Uh, And, and, Cook things without grease. You know, instead of frying, you could roast something, barbecue. Make it fun and also delicious because by using herbs like basil, rosemary, tarragon, um, oregano, lots of garlic, you can eliminate the salt. You don't need the sugar. And these herbs just make things so tasty and kids will enjoy them. Now, if you're wondering what the body mass index is, and what the words overweight and obese, they do depend on the body mass index, that BMI. And what it is, it's a percentile growth curve that measures weight over height squared for the child's age and sex. So a BMI between the fifth and the 85th percentile is considered healthy. Now, if you go greater than the 85th, but less than the 95th percentile, you are overweight. 
But once you hit the 95th percentile or greater, you or your child is considered obese. So, you know, experts do caution that it's important to rephrase how we describe weight so that people feel respected. We don't want to criticize and we don't want to judge because, you know, there could be medical reasons. There's hereditary, as I said, uh, and there's a lot of other things. So for this reason, they sex, uh, doctors suggest saying a child with obesity rather than an obese child. Now, here are the things that you're going to want to ask your doctor, kind of everything in a nutshell, just to make it easy for you. Ask your doctor these questions, and it could, you know, lay out the groundwork for a plan. Number one is support. How can I support my child and be a better role model of health? How can our family support the changes? And that one's a really important one because if you yourself are overweight or obese, it's pretty hard to tell your child that uh, they're overweight and obese and that they can't eat a bag of chocolate chip cookies or those potato chips or French fries or whatever. So you got to be a role model yourself. The second thing is medical concerns. Is my child experiencing any medical or mental health problems that could be weight related? And do we need any additional screening tests? This is really important because, you know, there could be an overactive thyroid. Um, we don't, uh, uh, childhood, uh, not only obesity, it leads to diabetes and childhood diabetes is on the rise. And diabetes is a very dangerous disease. Although it can be managed, managed it is still uh, can lead to many other things. So we really want to try to stay away from that. Mental health problems. Look at all the shootings that have gone on in the last few weeks. The deaths in Uvalde, in Brooklyn. Uh, all of these are, are really weighing on kids right now. I know because I talk to kids every day. I mean, even though they might be smiling, maybe in their heads, you know, they are soothing their woes and their fears through overeating or not getting exercise, or maybe they're just watching too many videos and, you know, all of that. So talk about those things. And then the treatment plan, how do we start? Ask really for specific help. Do we need to see any other specialists? How often should we follow up with you? Should we make more appointments? Um, what is a reasonable specific date to achieve what we think we need to do. And then treatment goals. Should my still growing child be gaining weight, maintaining weight, or losing weight? Because kids are growing. And a lot of kids, uh, you know, aren't, grow aren't even maturing until some people don't even do it till their 20s. So, but, but in the meantime, you want to find out what would be normal for your kids. So your doctor is your partner in this. Make sure to talk to him or her and get a treatment plan. Well, when we come back from um, our business fight, we're going to talk about having fun with our family and how we can, you know, learn and teach by playing together. The family that plays together stays together. <laughs> 
I'll be back in just a bit. And please stay with me. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. How important is interpersonal communication? A national survey of professionals conducted by the Nuremberg Group answers this question as number one in importance. Interpersonal communication received a 95%. Self-motivation, 94%. Conflict resolution, 90%. Presentation skills, 79%. So giving an excellent presentation is no longer sufficient in the business world or in your family world to gain a competitive edge. You have to connect with those around you and you have to focus. So be personable, be a communicator, and then you'll be a collaborator. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is... Okay, well, we're not talking show business. We're actually going to talk family, but I don't know. In my family, everything seems to be show business. It's probably in your family, too. I mean, especially with little kids. Little kids are always putting on shows. I know I was. At least my cousins all tell me that from the time I was three, I was writing, producing, and directing all the cousins, 36 of them, to be you know, starring in productions that I put together. I have no idea. But anyway, so it was always show business. But we're going to talk now about having some fun time with your family and how all of us learn through play. And it doesn't really matter. No matter what our age is, play is important. Now, according to developmental theories, certain abilities are actually learned at various ages. And this knowledge can be used to tailor children's activities that the whole family could enjoy. 
So um, the, the uh, idea of play means that all of us can always have fun as well as learn when we get together. So for preschoolers, which are, you know, three to five years old, preschoolers advance their gross motor skills with active play. And they just love uh, running and jumping and dancing and skipping and kicking and tumbling and making forts and making make-believe. And I know this because I have a granddaughter who is just four and it is so much fun and it is so exhausting because her energy level just she is just on from the moment she wakes up until she falls asleep but what these kids are doing they're improving their fine motor skills so that they can learn to cut and paste and mold and shape and draw and paint and you know and just be creative and these kids are learning to understand themselves while they're expression, uh, expressing their emotions. They really love to show their achievements to others. Uh, you know, you probably have had those adorable drawings that you cannot figure out what they are, that you have to say, oh, tell me about this. What's, what's in this picture? And they will tell you something that is so off the wall that you would have never in your wildest imagination <laughs> thought about. But it is so exciting because their imaginations are absolutely wild as they explore and they role play and they tell tales and they make up stories that are crazier than crazy where they get them from. Who knows, but it's like a jumbo of all kinds of stuff. But concepts of time and money and danger are have to be learned things. Um, and kids identify, you know, shapes, colors, sizes. So that's why they'll say that's a red ball, that's a gold star. You know, that is big, that is small. But everything is a game to them. So we have to emphasize that Play really helps preschoolers interpret what's going on in the world. Social skills like sharing and caring and cooperation and showing affection and sympathy and understanding um, and learning right from wrong. These are all primary steps for preschoolers. They really want some social acceptance. So having a friend or two is quite an achievement uh, for these little kids. Now, I, when I grew up, there wasn't, um, I didn't have any preschool where I lived. There wasn't any kindergarten either. I didn't even learn to read until I was seven, which makes it all the more interesting and actually shocking and really surprising for me to be a New York Times bestseller because I love reading and writing. I mean, English and history were always my favorite subjects. The more books I could read, the better. And I have a feeling it's because I just didn't read when I was a little kid. We didn't have it. We, you know, we were climbing trees and out in the fields and picking fruit and doing all the farm things, which were great, you know, catching crickets and jumping frogs and <laughs> collecting pollywogs out of the creek, which was all great learning activities. And we did it as a family. So that really was uh, fun. So some suggested activities 
that are good for this age of kids from three to five years old. You, if you really want it to be really high action, you can play tag, you can dance, you can exercise. They also just love arts and crafts and they love using materials like Play-Doh, construction paper, pipe cleaners, paint of any kind. And um, as my little granddaughter, she just loves makeup. Uh, and she just she loves to make people up and you look like a clown. It is crazy. But, you know, you can get these kids friendly things that comes off really easy with water. But it's very creative. Uh, little kids also love role playing. They like to dress up. They want to make a movie. Um, they uh, sometimes they will act out with their stuffed animals or their puppets or their dolls. And of course, again, we get back to lots of singing and lots of dancing and talking about making a movie again my little granddaughter I was uh, taking care of her had the best time um, uh, this weekend and little did I know she grabs my phone you know at four years old knows exactly how to get into it how to make a movie she was making a movie of me and she kept calling me it was pretty funny uh, they also love puzzles and they love board games and literally all kinds of games. It's a great time to teach them Uno or even Monopoly or card games. And uh, also in getting involved in the community. They like to go to the playground, the library, the community center. We went to a seed library to pick up seeds which she planted. So that's a good age to get them out in nature and get them gardening. It's so much fun. So that's what we um, do. Okay, now we'll go to the middle years, six to 11 year olds. The bodies of six to 11 year olds become much more muscular and athletic because they get a growth spurt and then their motor skills really improve. Their brain is also growing dramatically, and these kids can perform more complex tasks, and they understand the concepts like reasoning and problem solving and planning and making ethical decisions. Their memory capacity is expanded, and they're going to start thinking more independently. So the research shows that at this point, Play is really vital for learning skills like sportsmanship, confidence, communication, collaboration, and critical thinking. So these kids start to gain independence for short periods, and they'll get friendships that actually last longer. This is the time when they're going to want to join clubs, or they're going to want to join a sport team, and it's going to enable them to uh, find friends that have mutual interests. So what are some of the group activities? Of course, team sports. Hey, if you like camping, this is a great time to go on family camping trips. Building forts and playing house. Um, I think the little kids love this too. I mean, I feel like I'm always in a fort. I'm always building a fort and I'm always under blankets and pillows and I can't move <laughs> by the time I get out because we're building so many forts. Uh, agility games like freeze tag, uh, red light, green light. They also like playing charades where they're acting out things. And then um, some age appropriate board games. Dominoes is good, card games are great. I remember uh, when I was that age, um, 
my dad taught me chess and checkers, and I have to get back into it. But um, those were really, that was really fun. Also backgammon. And then the other things that are so fun for age, these ages is taking them to the skating rink, going ice skating, roller skating, going to the park. It's also a good time to introduce kids to museums or to art galleries. And of course, the library is good at every age. So make sure to do that. And then um, when it comes to game apps, really do some time restrictions here and make sure that games are educational and not, you know, shoot them up kind of games. Then we get to adolescence, 12 to 17 years old. Adolescence introduces the onset of puberty, as we know, and physical maturation. And a teen's brain is continuing to mature as well. So they are developing some critical thinking skills, thinking abstract, and they are definitely eager for more independence. And they want to be an individual. It's kind of like they're breaking away from their parents. You know, it's like the bird getting ready to fly the nest. This is the time they're probably not going to want to hold the parent's hand. They're not going to be want to you to walk them to the door of the school or if they're in teens, you know, in their in high school and they're going to a dance and you're driving them. They don't want their friends to see you driving them, <laughs> all of that. Because teenagers are turning into young adults and they're not going to play as much. But they do want their family uh, more than ever, but they do want them at a little bit of a distance. Because at this time of their life, peers are their major influence. And parents have to consider including vetted peers in family activities. So if you're going camping, you may want to take a friend. When we say vetted, make sure that the friend is a good person um, and not leading your child down the road of destruction. You have to keep really involved uh, with teens. Teens are like my almost all-time favorite age group. Most parents will say, oh my God, the teen years. For me, I love the teen years. I love working with teens, but I like to be involved with them. I, I want to help them be more positive and also help them be independent and then show them that they are empowered and that they can do things. So what are some activities? Gathering, um, make home the hangout place. When we, when I was growing up on the farm and we were 20 miles out, we lived in the boondocks. Nobody lived near us. Uh, my dad actually got his tractor out and he dug a swimming pool. Uh, he did it himself and he lined it with a liner because he wanted to know where his three teenage girls, we were three girls a year apart, where they were at all times. So everybody was invited to our house. There were always 20 or 30 kids out on the farm on a summer day because we had this homemade swimming pool. And my mom and dad were always there chaperoning. And they cooked hamburgers and hot dogs and made pasta. And no alcohol was ever allowed. But they wanted to know what their girls were up to and what their friends were up to. So our place became the hangout. And it was the most fun and still to this day, when I run into anyone from high school, they'll always talk about how fabulous my parents were and how great uh, hanging out at our house was because um, they, they made it that way. But so it's up to parents to make the house the hangout. And then family outings. This is the time that you do want to go camping. You want to go shopping together. You want to go to restaurants if you 
uh, have a church or synagogue, you know, do this together. Also be active together, take walks, go on bike rides. You want to have as much fun as you possibly can, because that's what you're building. You are building your family time and you are building your relationship with your kids that will last a lifetime. And the other thing I think is so important, and this is what I strive to do with the teenagers I work with, is help them get to be great volunteers. Teach them to give back. Tell them how they can help at events. How can they can be present in charities? It's really, really critical that kids do that. So educate your child using these um, C's, collaboration, working with others, relationships, and community, communication, verbal and nonverbal communication, listening and the use of language, competency in subject areas, but also in learning to learn, critical thinking, always very important. It's really important. Uh, being creative, being innovative, let them use their imaginations to solve problems in their own ways, and then give them the confidence that they know that they can do this, that they can learn from, from failure. Failure is fertilizer, remember, and their determination to keep going. So uh, just remember there are a lot of classic games, you know, hide and seek, catch, hopscotch, jump rope, uh, dance parties, races, all of that. So just be a family fun time. Have your only family fun festival. Well, thanks for being great listeners, allowing me to be with you every week, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. And stay tuned with me, Cynthia Bryan, on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, uh, on Wednesdays right here, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. To learn more about me or Star Style, go to CynthiaBryan.com. To learn more about the charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org and your teens and kids can volunteer there. You can volunteer as well. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you are ready to star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And if you'd like to read any of the books that I have written and that I did start after I was seven years old. Visit CynthiaBryan.com and go to our Star Style store. I will autograph them for you and you'll get lots of extra treats. So until next week, when we party again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan encouraging you to be the star you are. Star Style thanks you. I thank you and be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. You may need to wear a mask again. COVID is rising its ugly head. But while you do, dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and be there for your kids and be the best family ever. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. 
For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.